With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Edmonton Oilers' winning streak ends at three. The Chicago Blackhawks stretch their streak to four games. Alex DeBrincat, two goals tonight. Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-3. Edmonton's record goes to 36-24 and 8 on the season. They remain two points behind Vegas for first in the Pacific Division. Thanks for joining us. It's 9-15 overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford along with former NHLer Rob Brown. I am Reed Wilkins and Rob, the Oilers make it interesting in the third, but ultimately if you look at the game as a whole, they played just well enough or perhaps just poorly enough to lose by a goal. They played just well enough to make it interesting is what they did. Uh, They were not good in the first 40 minutes, Uh, right from the top to the bottom. Uh, They didn't generate any chances, turned the puck over a number of times. Their power play had a a rare off power play, and their goaltending wasn't near as good as he needed to be. So add all those things up, you're down 4-1 going into the third third period. Uh, They did get a push. But normally a three-goal lead in the National Hockey League's fairly safe. And again, tonight for the Chicago Blackhawks, it was. I thought the Oilers, I mean, we're going to kind of criticize the first 40 minutes overall. I actually thought the f- first part of the first period, they were okay. They had a couple of chances. Yamamoto got in tight on a two-on-one, the dry cycle. Then they had the power play. And we all know how good the power play is this year. They didn't really generate much. They gave up a shorthanded breakaway, and it seemed after that the tide turned in Chicago's favor. Well, we've seen the Oilers' power play dominate throughout the year, and they either score or they gain tremendous momentum on their power play. So teams know that. Teams know going into the game beforehand, Chicago will be sitting with the coaching staff, and they'll say, okay, we can't give them power plays. Their power play is the best in the league. we got to watch this, got to watch that. So when you go out, and not only did they kill the penalty, they had the best scoring chance. The Oilers had nothing. The Chicago Blackhawks, that is a huge lift. You know what? They, they're, they're thinking, okay, here we go again. We're going to be down a goal against this good power play. They didn't give the power play a sniff. They got the best scoring chance off it, and they came out of it feeling good about themselves, and they pressed the rest of the period. So, yeah, I agree with you. The, the power play having a rare misfire was really the, the catalyst for the, the Chicago Blackhawks picking up in the game, and they pushed from that, that part on till probably the beginning of the third period when things started to go sideways. Yeah, now having said that, I, I, I'm not going to pin it all on that individual power play oh, no, because no, the no. Oilers had an entire second period to try and get something going and they were pretty badly outplayed in the second period. Outshot 14-4. They did get a goal from Ryan Nugent Hopkins but thought the Hawks, you know, we got to remember there's two teams out there thought they defended well. Mm-hmm. They were getting in passing lanes. They were def- deflecting pucks. They were um, you know, trying to be as physical as, as they could be but also Edmonton didn't look sharp, weren't sharp getting out of their own end, weren't getting, you know, you know the good old pucks in deep, pucks in behind the D. And, you know, back to the power play, that's how you draw more penalties by trying to get a four-check going. Edmonton didn't have that energy through 40 minutes. They, they didn't. It, honestly, it's hard to play desperate hockey for 82 games. You just can't. Uh, that's why the playoffs are so much fun to watch because the, the, the intense 
intensity level is is lifted in the playoffs. You can't play that through 82 games. You wouldn't have enough players by the season's end. And we saw tonight that the Chicago Blackhawks through the first 40 were much more desperate. Uh, if a puck needed to get out, it did. If a puck needed to get in, it did. If they needed to block a shot, they needed to get in a lane, they needed to back check. All of those things were done. Where the Oilers, they, they were turning pucks over. They weren't getting pucks out of their zone. They were misfiring on passes. There's a couple times, I think it was Jujar Carroll once, he had a guy driving the net and he took a shot pass that missed the player and the net both by 20 feet. I mean, those are the type of things that have, we haven't seen out of the Oilers as of, as of late. So I just think the energy level was zapped in the Oilers. And because of that, their desperation level wasn't near where it needed to be when you're playing against a Chicago team that is completely desperate for points right now. So 4-3 Chicago wins it. It looked like a completely different game in the third. It was the Hawks who seemed a little tentative. They, they did have a chance to stretch it even further early in the third. Edmonton in control after that. They got a couple of quick goals. Archibald scored on a 2-on-1 with Cassian. Again, a nice season for Archibald. Continues up to 12 goals. Yamamoto got his 11th. Dreisaitl assisted on that one. Dreisaitl with two more points tonight. Uh, an odd situation on the Yamamoto goal, and I'll just go over this quickly. So Yamamoto takes the shot. It was not called a goal on the ice. It was in and out very quickly. Right. And you kind of saw Dreisaitl celebrating. Nurse pointed at the net. Play continued. And then now with the, the technology in the NHL, I mean, this isn't somebody has to stop a tape and, mm-hmm. and rewind it. And I mean, this is someone probably dragging a mouse on a screen, you know, while it's live to go back and look at it. But it does take a little bit of time. So they have the ability to do to do that while review it while the game is going on. And I, Rob and I said to each other, OK, they're going to blow the horn because they're mm-hmm. going to realize it's a goal. Just before they blew the horn, there was a whistle. And the Oilers were called for too many men. So you know what? If the horn has goes three seconds earlier, that penalty never happens. All penalties, though, are enforced, even if they happen after when the goal went in. It's a little unusual that it was with too many men, but they don't want a situation where, you know, if Rob scores and it's not called a goal, and I'm your opponent, Rob, and I can't stand you, and I think, well, I got 20 seconds to slash Rob everywhere on his body until they review well, the goal, and I'm not going to get up. Well, so they have to enforce Well, to, to make it simple in Edmonton Oilers terms, Connor McDavid scores, they don't call it. And then 25 seconds later, uh, Jonathan Taves comes up and cross-checks Connor across the face. He goes down. Well, they say, oh, you know what? We just went back. The goal was scored. Okay, no penalty. I know that Connor's bleeding, but there's no penalty. That's what you're protecting. You're protecting the players so that if something happens, it's still a penalty. You get the goal. Now, again, I don't think they had too many men on their mind when they put that penalty into play, but it it's simple. It's, it's in the rules. The ref called it properly. Now, we never did get to see a replay to see what was too many men. So we never got to see if how, why the coach. But the Oilers stopped. were bringing the puck up across the blue line, yeah. and the whistle went. So uh, I'm guessing there wasn't a whole yeah. big argument, but we never saw a replay to see how yeah. close. So that, so that's why that happened that way. I know there was a little bit of confusion about, but they do enforce they they do enforce mm-hmm. the penalty. So that was done properly and, and according to the to the rules. And, and they should, and they should. It's a good rule. Yeah, and it, and it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not often there's going to be a penalty. No, nope. I mean it does happen, but uh, and especially that it's going to be a too many men. Anyway, that's that's why that broke down that way. Oilers lose four three. Let's go back to Chicago. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, we didn't play well enough the first two periods and pressed a little bit in the third, but uh, dug too big a hole from the first two periods. Where do you? I mean, it's a long season. You guys have played two games in a row now where you were pretty much out competed for a lot of it. Does it concern you much, or you just move on? No, we're, uh, we'll, 
we know how we have to play harder. That's when you when you can recognize it in a game like that after the second period, we recognize it in play. So that's uh, it's got to come with within a little bit. And there's some things we can do to improve that. And we'll look to do that Saturday. Uh, the goal technician issue that I just said yeah, that, that was that was not on Mike Smith. That was on the players in front of him. Dave, we talked this morning about trying to find right wingers for McDavid. You had to make a little switch. What did you see from, from him and that group? Yeah, they were right in the muck with the rest of the group the first two periods. Was it, uh, I know I was a little confused on that uh, goal, non-goal, and then the penalty. Uh, was no, that? That's a rule. Yeah. That's a rule, yeah. We had... Uh, had a player go on, thought that another player changed, and a player went on for out, and that's uh, that's the way it goes. If there's a penalty, if the you know, if they would have blown it down right away, obviously there's no penalty. But uh, when it goes on like that, that's the that's the way the rule reads. And good goal, but we ended up short. A third period more encouraging, though. Can you build off that? No, we need we need to recognize what we did at the start of the game. Right? You can say you're chasing, the, you're down four-one, and you're going to chase in the third period. That's every team does that, right? So. I'm more concerned about what we did in periods one and two than what we did in three. Yeah, and that'll be the Oilers' adjustment of the game moving forward for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Pretty, uh, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's just a pretty plain game story tonight for about 32 of the first 40 minutes. The Oilers were pretty, uh, pretty grossly outplayed, and, uh, you know, they won the third period, but... Like, like you've often said, Rob, it pretty much had to be perfect or mm. every bounce has to go your way for, for you to tie that game in the third. Yeah, and they did. I mean, they they got a look at the end of the game, a nice play by Leon to R&H in the slot. He had his opportunity, but again, everything has to go right and he has to score from long distance. Uh, at the end of the night, I mean, Chicago got the two points they deserved and the Oilers probably did not deserve a point the way they played through 40 minutes. So I think it's a just result. And as Dave Tippett said, to go, they know what they did wrong. They know how they have to be better. I think a little rest will be important and then get back at it against a, a Columbus team that, again, is desperate for points. So there's going to be a lot of desperate teams coming over to, to Rogers over the next few weeks. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Derek to the show. Derek, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Hey, how are you guys doing? Quite well. Good. Uh, just want to talk about the uh, top line and also about Nurse on the uh, top pairing for the, uh, the top line. Actually, uh, he, he can't seem to make a pass to McDavid, which is what we need. We need someone who can actually forward the puck to him. Uh, I think uh, Larson and uh, who's his Jones, right, is playing with him. Yep, yep. I think they look better, actually, to, to forward the puck to McDavid. And Nurse had his chance right in the slot, and he passed it to Yamamoto in the third period. It's like, what is he doing? Like, and I don't want to hack on Nurse. I know a lot of guys are hacking on him, but he can skate the puck right to the center line, but he can't seem to make a pass. And then Neil also is on the top line. I thought he looked great on the fourth line last game, uh, or in in Nashville when he played. I think it was Nashville or maybe Dallas. It was Dallas. Last game Dallas. he was back, yeah. Yeah, I thought he looked great on the fourth line. I thought that line had a lot of jump. And then all of a sudden he... Okay, well... Both yeah. the top line and... You're right. You're right on, about Neil. He he looked fantastic on the fourth line last game. That's why I got bumped up to the first because the players that were playing with Connor on the first line weren't getting it done. So they're trying to give... Right now the Oilers' top line is Leon's line. 
by far their best line. They're trying yep. to find somebody that can play with Connor. That's why they made the trade to get Ennis and, and Double A. Double A hasn't worked out yet. Ennis has shown glimpses. He's been the better of the two. But again, they're not getting the production out of Connor that you know you would think you would get when you have uh, Connor McDavid on your line. So that's why they're moving players around. They liked what Neil did in his first game back. They thought, okay, maybe he'll have a little more jump to help with Connor tonight. Nobody looked good on that. When it goes to Nurse, I agree, Nurse Nurse transports the puck very well out of his own zone. He doesn't have the vision a lot of other players are to make the play when he gets to the blue line. A lot of the time he gets it in the offensive zone and then it either dies with him or it goes into the corner and it's a four check. Uh, when you, so when you're looking for someone to play with Connor McDavid, they've got Bear. Bear's probably the best, best passer that the Oilers have in the lineup right now. That's why he, you'll see him out with Connor a lot because they think the Bear can get Connor the puck. Larson is not a good puck mover. Jones is probably the second best. He's improving. He's improving. He probably and, be the and second. And Nurse will play less when Clef bombs back. When but Clef, right, but yep. we commented on a play in the third yep. period. Connor was streaking through the neutral zone, and and, and Nurse didn't give it to him. Didn't give him the puck. I mean, nope. that's not that's not one of his strengths. He's out there for different reasons. Yep. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum will be the defenseman that plays with Connor the majority of the time when Oscar gets back. All right, Oilers fall 4-3 in Chicago. You'll hear from the league's leading scorer, Leon Dreisaitl, when we get back. We do have a news and weather update coming up, uh, some news about the coronavirus in Alberta today. Stay tuned for that. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. the steal. Gives it up. Son, right circle. Wrist shot at Koskinen. Point blank. Flashes the leather on Brandon Son. Miko Koskinen with 10 saves tonight. That's the save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Loop. Be wise, winterize. He replaced Mike Smith in the second period. Smith allowed four goals on 21 shots. You heard Dave Tippett comment on that. He didn't think necessarily Smith was having a bad game, but it was on the whole team. A couple of long screenshots got by Smith. And uh, to be fair, during his hot streak, those are the ones that have been hitting him. Mm-hmm. He's been finding, or they hit something in front that uh, they go wide, but he got the hook tonight. Koskinen went in and uh, did what he could to keep the Oilers in the game. Crawford, the winning goaltender tonight as he makes 21 saves. Final shots were 31-24 for Chicago. A lot closer than they were after two as Edmonton outshot Chicago 12-6 in the third period. Chicago wins at 4-3. They were up 4-1 after two. Bit of a rally from the Oilers in the third, but they cannot tie it. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, look for the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. You can get a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, AAA steak, succulent seafood, cooked at your table, celebrate your senses. Okay. Zabanajad oh, yeah. turned on a light by himself in New York. Well, he... we should do that right now. Yeah. Let's, let's do the scoreboard right now. Huge game, Mika Zajanabad, five goals for the New York Rangers, including the overtime winner, 6-5 over Washington. He moves from ninth to fifth in the National Hockey League with goals with his 30 fourth 35th 36th 37th and 38th goals of the season (laughs) philly has now won eight in a row so they win washington only gets a point for overtime so they're uh, tied and they are uh totally tied 40 20 and 7 same number of regulation wins oh washington has one better regulation plus overtime so they get placed first but philly's hot they get uh the victory tonight 4-1 4-1 over Carolina. Also, the Senators beat the Islanders 
Huge loss for the Islanders, who are now, at one point, they were comfortably in a playoff spot. Now they are dropping, and teams are starting to creep up on them, like the New York Rangers. Bruins beat the Panthers 2-1 in overtime. Lightning shut out Montreal 4-0. Penguins beat the Sabres 4-2. Wild and Sharks 1-1 in the second period. Also in the second, no score between the Maple Leafs and the Kings. The Predators get a big win, 2-0 over Dallas. At the Briar, first loss for Alberta tonight in an extra end. They fall 6-5 to Team Canada. So the Botcher crew now 8-1. The scoreboard is presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. That was a huge win tonight, too, for the National Predators. That puts them into a playoff spot right now in the Western Conference. We have Marco online, too. Go ahead, Marco. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. So I got a quick question just about the Yamamoto goal. I know you guys kind of discussed it earlier, but we were just wondering, a couple guys who were watching the game, we were wondering, so Yamamoto goes in, scores, the puck comes out of the zone, and now if Chicago or Edmonton was to score again, would that goal still count? No. It wouldn't? No. The play okay. would be considered stopped when the Yamamoto goal went in. The only thing that could happen afterwards is the penalties. A penalty the can penalty. be called, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you guys very much. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good question. Yeah, I mean, you good. could have seen Patrick Kane. I don't know if he was on the ice. Was he on? But you know what I'm saying? You could see a star player pick Come up down. the puck out of the net, go end-to-end through five guys, deke the goalie. No, never happened. But it was funny, though. The the two main guys in that, Drysaddle and Yamamoto, both knew that puck was in the net immediately after it was shot. That's a great shot by Yamamoto. There was no space. He was in tight. He had a guy on him, and he got that puck up very quickly and put it in the only spot he could beat Crawford at. Yamamoto, that line actually had another strong game. They scored both. They scored two goals tonight. They were plus on the night. Uh, another strong, Leon Dreisel adds two more points to his NHL lead leading, leading scoring. We'll make, we'll make Leon Dreisaitl the fourth star of the game for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot-only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Back to Chicago. Here's Leon. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, yeah, every team at this this time of the year, I think, uh, is desperate. So, um, yeah, tonight we just started too late, started competing too late. So, um, yeah, you're not going to beat any team like that. They're a desperate team, but they're also like they're playing with nothing to lose type thing. I guess is that you know it doesn't seem to have much pressure on them. Is that kind of tough to play against when you're playing a team like that? Yeah, I mean we've been in that situation. Um, you know, guys playing for contracts. You just kind of go out and play, right? So, um, but that's not an excuse. You, you know, if, if you want to be a playoff team, you you got to you got to beat this team. So um, we got to regroup and yeah, be better next game. Was it tough when you get? Is it tough when you get it to four three, and it seems like you got some momentum after the review, but then you got to kill it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we still had chances after that, even I think, but um, yeah, it's just we didn't we didn't deserve to win this one. It was kind of goofy that the refs missed the call and they play on, and then you guys get a penalty out of the deal. Yeah, I don't really know what the rule is there. I'm sure uh, I'm sure they they had it right. I don't know. Did you see some carryover in, in from the Dallas game into this one early on? Just the fact that you guys were outshot in the Dallas game and you know found a way to win that one, but this game maybe a little bit uh, struggled in the first 40 minutes. Did you see a, a carryover from the two games? Sure. All right, that is uh, Leon Dreisaitl. I've I've heard that answer before when he doesn't really want to get into the answer. That's more or less saying interviews over, but he's just saying it differently. Sure. Yeah. We're done here.
<laughs> Oilers lose 4-3 to the Blackhawks tonight. By the way, the three stars were Debrinkat, Kane, and Boquist in that order. Yeah, no, actually, uh, another guy, I, I thought Drysdale would have been a star because my four-star would have been uh, Yamamoto. He led the team in hits with five. He led the team in block shots with two. He was second on the team in shots with three. He had a goal. He was plus one. I thought Yamamoto was very good again tonight. That line was good. They continue to be good. Yeah, they still, even when there wasn't much going on, they had a little bit more than not much, (laughs) I guess, but uh, not as much as they usually do, that's for sure. We have Phil on line three. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, guys. So uh, I just wanted to comment about, well, two things. I'm really curious, and I'd love to hear you guys' opinion on why the Oilers don't seem to be able to play against teams that on paper are really inferior teams. And my other question is, Dreisaitl seems to blind pass a lot. Is this maybe even like a like a coaching issue? Like he he's not listening, he's not like in certain games he's great, he connects, and then other games he just passes behind himself and, and, and then gives it away over and over. It doesn't seem like they have control on him. I don't know. What do you guys think? I have nothing negative to say about Leon Drysaddle. He's leading the league in scoring. He's going to be the MVP and the lead leaguer in scoring. Uh, when you have the puck on your stick as much as he does, sometimes it's not going to go where you want it to go. Sometimes you'll try something that no one else can see, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think that the coaching staff are pretty happy with the way that Leon makes plays. And they're not gonna they're not gonna handcuff him. You take away his playmaking ability, you take away one of the best players in the world ability to do what he does best. Uh, and what was the other? Yeah, question? I asked for the other comment. I I I, I, I get that to, to some extent. Um, I, I mean, look, the Oilers have what have they played now? Sixty eight games, and they've won thirty six. So certainly they've had some games against teams lower in the standings that have been disappointing but you also look you know they're ahead of nashville they went three and zero against nashville i mean this they team chicago's to, chicago's only four points behind nashville in the standing so it's not like they're a bottom feeder yeah they, they i mean the Oilers went three and one against la mm-hmm. the worst teams uh in in the league disappointing they got swept by minnesota obviously yeah i i don't i don't know i know sometimes when a team that appears bound for the playoffs like the Oilers are you know, loses to a lower team, you say, well, is is that an overall problem? But if you look around the National Hockey, Pittsburgh just lost to L.A. and, I believe, Anaheim on their last road trip. Well, they lost 5 nothing to the Sharks. Yeah, the, yeah, the, and the Sharks. The New York Islanders just lost today in Ottawa. The New York Islanders are a playoff team. Ottawa is one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League. Boston lost twice to Detroit this year. Boston is number one in the NHL, and they lost the season series to the Detroit Red Wings. There's no bad teams in the NHL anymore. Well, there's a couple. Well, but, not, I mean, not, but, not, but not like they used to be. Not yeah, like I mean, it used I, to I be. I guess I don't. I just don't think. I I don't I don't buy that the Oilers are looking at the standings and saying, no. "Oh, we're king of the hill now, so we can just go play 50 percent of this team." I think they've had some on, bad nights along the way. On any given night, anyone can beat anyone. If Boston and Detroit play in the playoffs, Boston wins the best of seven series. But Detroit is capable of beating Boston. Detroit's worst in the league. Boston's first in the league. Boston lost to them twice. All all good teams lose to bad teams at some point. Just the way it goes. And tonight, Chicago's not a bad team. They're, they're, they're four points out of a playoff spot. Now, I don't believe they're going to be a playoff team. They've got some teams they have to jump over. But they're right in the mix with the Winnipegs, the Nashvilles, the Vancouvers, the Minnesotas. They're all in the same same boat. Um, 
it's it just happened. It, it's all about bounces and breaks. Tonight, the Oilers weren't as good. Chicago got bounces. The Oilers didn't. In Dallas the other night, the Oilers didn't deserve that victory. Dallas was the better team, but the Oilers got the better bounces and the better breaks. That's the way hockey goes. Yeah, and I think the Oilers are going to have to take advantage of their home schedule here. Ten of their final 14 games are at home. They're home for four, then they're away for three, then they're home for six, and the final game's on the road. Having said that, they've been a better road team than home team on the season. They have. 2014 and three on the road is pretty good. That's very good. That's a playoff caliber hockey club. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Jason standing by. Go ahead, Jason. Hi, guys. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, got a question. Um, when Nygaard, Haas, Sheehan, and Archibald play together, are their stats a lot better or worse? Uh, you, you know what, Jason? I'd, I'd have to look that up. Better, better or worse than what? Well, I or is the Oilers record, you mean? Well, when they play together and when they're not playing together. Well, you gave four guys there. What's the line you're thinking of? Um, okay, say a Nygaard, Haas, Shahan. Well, I don't think that's ever been a line because the Haas and Shane are both centers. I, I think you're – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you thinking of when Nygaard, Shane, and Archibald have been together? Yeah, because there was chemistry back then, but yep. they play now. Well, right now, Nygaard's out. He's out until the playoffs. With, uh, yeah, almost the playoffs. He's, he had surgery on his hand. He's, I don't know if he's had the pin repl- removed yet from I his think, hand. I think he did have it. He got it yeah. taken out. Uh, Nygaard, he did, they did play well together. Uh, absolutely. Nygaard, I like Shane speak. and Archibald on the same line. Yep, same. The problem for the Oilers right now is they're searching for someone to play with Connor McDavid. And I think tonight they tried just about everybody at some point in the hockey game. That's true. Uh, Connor, he needs someone that can can play and compete and, and score and make plays and see the game like Yamamoto's done for Leon Dreisettle. And until they find that player on a consistent basis, they're going to continue to roll lines and, and try to find the magic that Connor can have for a playoff run. And today, Cassie and, Ar- and Archibald did did combine for a goal. I, 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 I don't know about you, Jason, but I like the idea of somebody speedy also on that line with Shane and Archibald. Yeah, same here. Uh, they have the chemistry to pass here, and, uh, but they barely can play together. So, but, but thank you, guys. Thank you. The line they used a lot preseason and early in the year was Kara Shade and Archibald. And then Kara struggled. Yeah. And then everyone had a little bit of an audition. Shane, Shane, and Archibald, Shane and Archibald have both missed time. Yeah, Shane and Archibald would be together had they not had all the injuries and that forced Archibald to move up at times to play with Connor McDavid. In the playoffs, if everything goes the way that I believe Dave, Dave Tippett wants it to go, Shane and Archibald to be together. Mm-hmm. And then whichever player doesn't play with Connor right. will come down and play with them. If Nygaard gets back, then I imagine if he's healthy enough, his hand, he gets in shape, I imagine they would like to have a look with him there because, yeah, I thought he was a good checking line player with those two because of his speed. Oilers lose 4-3 in Chicago. 75 bucks going to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. That's thanks to Ascendant Financial. They give $25 for every goal. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. We will finish the play with Scott when we get back to Overtime Open Line, courtesy Hartland Ford. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Oilers lose 4-3 in Chicago. Uh, this texter says Tippett may be forced into putting Yama with Dreisaitl. 
What did he put here? Oh, he said, Tippett may be forced into putting Yama with Dreisaitl and then having Nuge with McDavid has the benefit of good face-off players on each line. Another Texas says, why is it so hard to find wingers to play with McDavid? Is it speed or is that he just sees the game so fast? Someone else writes in, McDavid isn't himself. Something's not right. He's not as explosive. I don't know about that. And another texture says, Cassian and Ennis should be on the top line with McDavid. At least Cassian drives the net. Uh, well, I, I think you're going to see Cassian there again. I think that Dave Tippett was trying to give other guys looks. Uh, I believe Cassian will get uh, the longest look. He'll be back on that line. Um, playing with McDavid is hard because, and RNH, Ryan Nugent Hopkins said it the other day uh, during a, an event that we did talking about playing with Leon and Connor because Connor plays at such a high speed and plays happen fast, and he sees things that other people don't. So not only do you have to understand what he's doing, you have to do it, understand it at the same level as he is, at the same speed he is. We saw, and you brought up a point tonight, Reed, where Connor's coming up the middle, and he cuts at the last second of the middle, and Nurse has the puck. If Nurse hits him, he's gone. He probably splits the D. But Nurse doesn't see that coming. You have to anticipate that he's going to do that because by the time you see it, it's too late. And right now they're having trouble finding players that can see the same way Connor does. The reason Leon was capable of playing so well up there is he sees it at the exact same speed as Connor does, and he's able to make the plays. So it, they're, they're going to keep looking. Um, there, is it an option to put RNH up there and leave Drysdale and Yamamoto together? Yes. But I can tell you if you do that, the dry settle line will not be near as strong as it is right now because you're going to take an RNH away and put in someone else there. That is a huge drop-off. Scott has called in. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for taking my call of the show. Um, <laughs> you guys, once again, right before I get on there, you guys uh, killed what I wanted to talk about, and that was Cass coming uh, up to play with McDavid. I know he's uh, coming off, you know, what, a seven-game suspension and a couple before that. So maybe he didn't have his uh, legs together. I think after the last two games, now he's ready to be there. Seen him uh, really... Uh, Skate hard tonight, and uh, nice hit, nice hit, and um, a good pass for to Archibald. And I think really um, McDavid is missing that ingredient on his line, someone that can go into those dirty areas, give him space, um, get loose pucks. And we're not paying. I mean, I know it's not next year. We're not paying. Uh, he got paid. For the, what he what he produces with the McDavid, He's, he didn't get paid yep. for yeah. a third line liner. I mean, I, I don't get it, but I understand him wanting to get his legs under him after a suspension. But this is the way I see it: you have uh, or pardon me, Cassian with McDavid, and I'd really like to see Double A with Cassian on that line. That adds a different element, and if that doesn't work, you got to give it a couple of games. If that doesn't work. And this is there too, and I think he can pretty much go anywhere. Yeah, I, I think I think Cassian will be back on with McDavid next game. I think if you look at the Oilers lineup, Drivesidle has been by far the best chemistry with McDavid. Cassian has probably been the second best. Yeah, that's who I, I think you'll see there. Double A has struggled in his time that he's been here, other than the first game. But I still think they want to give him a shot just because no one else has really done it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Neil and Cassian next game with McDavid. I think that's where they're going to go to because it's easy. And you make a great point about Cassian's contract. His, it's it's a great contract. If he's, not with, if he's not with McDavid, it becomes a little bit questionable yes. in the years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Great contract if he's playing with Connor McDavid. Not a good contract if he's playing without him. Completely agree. 
But I, I just, uh, one other thing, uh, Rob, uh, I just, uh, I really think double A is getting another shot with with Cassian. I mean, that adds a whole completely different element. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility. That the problem with what we've seen with double A is, is the giveaways. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's what, I mean, and nothing against Connor, but defensively, uh, Connor sometimes jumps his own waiting for that play. Yeah. So if Absolutely. there's a turnover at the blue line, your centerman's not in the back there for you, and all of a sudden it's an odd man rush. He's got to get it out of his game. I'm sure that's something they're going to talk to him about. But, yes, that's that would be a very, very fast line if all three of them could connect together. All right, Scott, we're going to finish the play with you here, buddy. You already have eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. Best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code CHED. Fierce fight for the puck against Jonathan Taves. Nurse won the battle, tries to settle inside. Score! Kyler Yamamoto upstairs! Scott, Kyler Yamamoto, where is he from? Spokane uh, or Turtleford, Spokane. Saskatchewan? Yeah, Spokane, Washington. <laughs> you didn't even need the... I wanted yeah. to get in a uh, town near Lloydminster. Give him a shout-out. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Hang on the line, are, okay? Are you guys going to pay for it so I can, you know, pay for a trip for me so I can use that thing or what? <laughs> TBA. Yeah. TBA. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Hang on the line there, Scott. His name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. safe adrenaline pumping fund, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. On a, on a serious note, I do want to get this in there. There was the announcement about a... Um, what exactly did they call it? A presumptive case in Alberta of COVID-19. A woman in her 50s in the Calgary Health Zone who uh, has been isolated and is expected to recover. We do have the news in about three and a half minutes, so we'll have a little bit more on that. We'll fit in a couple more guys on the phone lines. Uh, first of all, Daniel, go ahead. Hi, Daniel. Hey, how's it going, guys? Quite well. Yeah, I had a question. I was watching the game today with my son, and we were kind of having the debate that Tippett should have pulled the goalie sooner and he say no he, he waited till the right time there was, was there was over two minutes thought. to go in the period uh, that's quite it was, right, it was right at about two minutes so yeah so it was quite early in the game are you a fan of the really I, early I thought, poll Daniel yeah I think you should go at like three minutes I was arguing it all it all depends when it, it all depends when your best around. players are on are arrested you're, you're, you're finding yeah. the shift when you got McDavid, Dreisel, and those guys rested. So that's that's how you're trying to set up the goalie pull. Yeah, and they did look pretty gassed. And they and they did have I to was put... Curious. I was just saying, I was curious if teams have stats or analytics around this where they try to like measure what's the best time to pull the goalie when they're down. Well, you know what coach started doing it earlier, about five or six years ago, was Patrick Waugh. He yeah. he started doing it closer to two minutes rather than a minute thirty or. A minute. Well, it used to be one minute. That was always when when I played. It was one minute. That's when you pulled your goalie, and then they started realizing, well, we're having a little bit of success. Then why not pull them earlier? So Patrick Waugh did. Now all coaches, and you see it all the time around two minutes now. If you have the right players out there and the faceoff where you want it. Yeah, and the and the Oilers did have to put Costin yeah. back in because there was a neutral zone faceoff too, with about a minute eighteen yeah. or so. I want to say yeah. around then. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Yes. Final guy tonight. We got about a minute for some brass tacks. And the Archibald did score tonight, JP. Go ahead. Well, you're done right, the Archibald score, but you know, there's no reason I want to call you guys. I thank you for speaking to me, and I apologize. I know I'm wasting time here. I got to get down to brass tacks. I'll tell you right now, Connor was off tonight. Connor was off. I'm 
I'm at the club right now. I apologize the background noise, but Connor was off tonight. This guy, something. I think he was having a few drinks. Speaking of a few drinks, the main reason I phoned tonight, Rob. Mm-hmm. When I have to come down to 6:30, Chad. I I'll take a cab down right now if I have to. I need the autograph. That's it. That's all. Do you know where I am? Studio 99. Studio 99. Every Studio game. Ni- every oh game. God. You know what they? You know what they got there? They got wine there. They got lots <laughs> of wine there. I got. A, I've got. A, don't worry. I've had about four or five security escort me out of there a few times. I I know where this is. Uh, <laughs> I will be there soon, and I will see you on the 27th. I will get my autograph for the shout game. You better be there, Rob. I will be there, and I'll be waiting with a sharpie and a big empty glass. He's coming. You're damn right you will, and I'll tell you right now, everyone listening in this city, 7 nothing win for the All-Air this Saturday. Nice. What a prediction. Thanks, JP. He's calling 7 nothing over Columbus. We have that game on 6.30, Chet. 6.30 face-off show. The puck will drop at 8. Oilers not good enough tonight. Lose 4-3 to Chicago. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. You can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening and have a great night.